Well, if you haven't noticed, it is Christmas time again. Those of you who are slow shoppers have to begin thinking about that if you're like me. Uh, if you're looking for a gift for someone who already has almost everything, I have a potential gift option for you this week. So, like your, this is multitasking on Sunday morning at church. So, uh, just a little little help here for you. You can see if this would work for you. Do you know? Did you know that you can name a star after somebody? As a gift for somebody who has everything, okay? You can name a star after somebody. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? If you haven't, it's worth, it's worth going out online just to look at it. Some of it's kind of funny. But uh, starregistration.com, for just $39.90, you can name a visible star. Apparently, you can name some that aren't visible. And that's problematic. But for $39.90, you can name a visible one after anyone that you want. After your mother-in-law, after your weird uncle, you can name it after whoever you want to. For $39.90, you get to name a star. You get a laminated certificate with the star's name on it, printed on high-quality premium paper, no less. That's important. Uh, you can get a celestial map that looks something like this. This could be, this could be a, a map sort of like yours that, uh, that you can get, so you can find your star. And Actually, it's a better map because I did look at some of them. You can actually figure it out. Uh, and you can get your star's name entered in the official star registry, which is audited every year by some higher group, and I, I don't know who they are, but some official group. And if you place your order today, before the 12th of December, you should receive everything in the mail so that you can present this gift to somebody who is near and dear to your heart. That's what you could do. Now, I have to admit, as I look through all this kind of stuff, it, it's, uh, you can probably tell even by my tone, that it, I wish I could sell grains of sand. You know, I, I wish I could, could do that, too. I, you know, I wish I had thought about this. In fact, I wondered, if, is it the star registry only a U.S. star-based registry, or could you, you are people in China doing the exact same thing and naming stars, and we wouldn't recognize it because we don't know Mandarin Chinese? Or, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 there's a, a skeptical side of me that sort of kicks in. But you and I can name a star, and uh, what's... More important than all of that is really the Bible tells us that at the very first Christmas when Jesus was born, God didn't just name a star after Jesus. In fact, it's interesting if you read the scripture that the star that shows up there is not named at all. On some level, a statement of the humility of God, really. But what does God do? God places a star, a literal star in the sky because God can do anything he wants to do. And what's interesting to me about this is I've reflected on that. Uh, you know, every year you kind of go through the process, if you're me, you kind of go through the Christmas stories and you reflect on things that maybe you, you've passed over. You, you just look for anything to, to kind of make it fresh and new and interesting. And this year, as I was working on all of this, uh, what kept coming back to me was just insights that we can learn about Jesus from the Christmas star. This is one of the, one of the, one of the insights that came to me as I was working on this this year. And if you'll listen close this morning for the next few minutes, I think that maybe, like me, you'll see the star of Christmas a little differently by the time we're done this morning. And I think maybe you'll see the baby in the manger a little more clearly after this morning. And so I just want to invite you to open your Bible to Matthew chapter 2. We're going to look at uh, some of this in the scriptures. We're going to read several verses of scripture together. Matthew chapter 2, we're going to start with verse 1. We're going to be a couple of other places. I would encourage you, because some of the other passages I'm going to take you to later in the message, 
are ones that you've maybe not always been to often in the Christmas season. I'd encourage you to make sure you have a pen ready so you can jot down the references as, uh, as I go, because you may want to go back and, and uh, learn more there in those places as well later. Matthew chapter 2, we're going to start with verse 1. Uh, you can follow along in the Bible there in the chair in front of you or on the screen uh, to my side, okay? So what the scriptures say, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. A quote from Micah, the Old Testament prophet here, says, uh, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. You know, the Bible here doesn't tell us the names of the wise men, doesn't tell us specifically how many of them were, doesn't tell us even the name of a star, uh, for that matter. But the Bible does tell us that the wise men were somehow given a special revelation from God that the king of the Jews was going to be born in the land of Israel. And so what do they do? They go to Jerusalem, the capital city, looking for him. And a part of God's special revelation to them of this special, unique child's birth was a star, a special star. It was a huge part of that revelation. And I believe that every one of us can learn more about Jesus than we would expect if we just spent a little time reflecting on the star that God chose to use to miraculously reveal the birth of Jesus. So we're going to look at that for a few moments together. And my encouragement to you is don't stop with what I'm going to share with you today. Take some of these passages and reflect on them this week. And I think if you do, I think there'll be additional insights uh, that will come to you. For the next few minutes, I want to draw your attention to three characteristics of Jesus' life and future that from the beginning, the star prophetically foretold without ever speaking a word. You track what I said there? The star, without ever speaking a word, prophesied about the coming and the uniqueness of this child. And without ever uttering a word, it was proclaiming who he would become. And this is a significant thing, particularly if you're traveling from the east, days, weeks, months, who knows how long to get there. So what we're going to do is look at these three characteristics of Jesus' life and future that are just veiled right there, that are right there for for those who have the benefit, like us, of looking back and seeing. 
The first characteristic of Jesus' life and future that the star prophetically revealed was this. It revealed his fame and greatness, his coming fame and greatness. It was, it was all wrapped up in the star. I mean, listen to the words of the wise men in Matthew 2, too. Where's the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose. Think about it. Here they are off in the, off in the eastern lands, and they see the star rise, and they, they've associated clearly the rise to fame and power and greatness of this one who's being born with the rising of the star. It's, it's clear from the text. Another ancient prophet did a similar thing. Listen to this prophecy that was spoken hundreds of years earlier, just before Israel entered the promised land. Numbers 24, verse 17 says this, I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. And then notice what he says, A star will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. The prophet is speaking of a star. And that first Christmas star prophetically foretold without ever speaking a word The day was coming when this child would be famous, would be great, that none would be like him, that he would be a king above and beyond all other kings. He would be unique in the world. It was evidenced by this brilliant star that lit the sky and led people from distant lands to Jerusalem. The star revealed more than just his greatness, though. The star prophetically revealed... The second characteristic of Jesus' life and future, without speaking a word, it revealed Jesus' wise guidance, his ability to wisely guide people. Now, that was going to be a part of his nature. It foreshadowed all of that. All of us know what the star did for the wise men. <laughs> if you look <coughs> excuse me, at Matthew 2.9, after their interview with Herod, the, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them. It stopped over the place where the child was. I mean, think of this, just the the incremental leadership guidance that it provided for these wise men. Now, here's, here's what I want you to think about. Just as the star guided all who would follow it to the birth of the Savior, for 2,000 years, Jesus has been guiding all who will humbly follow him salvation and forgiveness. The star was foreshadowing all of that. Without words, it was prophesying that the Savior the star would direct us all toward would one way direct us all home, heavenward, in a place of forgiveness and salvation. I encourage you this morning to open your heart to the guidance, to the salvation, to the hope, to the life that that Savior in a manger, has been pointing us to for centuries. We don't have to come up with a new gospel. We don't have to come up with a new anything. We just need to look to what God has already clearly communicated to us. You look there. The star revealed more than that. The star prophetically revealed the third characteristic, a third characteristic of Jesus' life and future. Without speaking a word, the star prophetically revealed Jesus' brilliance and purity. You just think about what does a star do when it's in the sky? It just shines, right? What does light do to darkness? It dispels it, right? It can't help it. It just does. 
It's not like he has to work at it. It's just its nature. That's why we put night lights in hallways to dispel darkness. That's why we put street lights in dark alleys. And prophetically, it's part of why God put a radiant Christmas star in the sky to prophetically say that the one who would dispel our darkness, all darkness, was coming into the world. He would be the light of the world. The star revealed that without ever uttering a word. Listen to how one of Jesus' disciples, John, describes all of this. In John 1, verse 9, he says, The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They're reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And then it says those famous words, so the word became human, the word became flesh, some translations say, and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory. I love that phrase. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. I mean, Jesus' brilliance, his purity, astonished everyone he met. You read the Gospels, and over and over and over, people were astonished at that. He didn't dispel darkness because he tried really hard to do that. He did it because he's the light of the world. He can't not do that. With all this in mind, there's one more ancient passage of Scripture, a prophetic passage that I want to share with you that as I just was working through this, this passage just had to come to Joseph and Mary's minds that first Christmas when Jesus was born and when the unusual star rose in the sky and when caravans from the east arrived and wise men showed up giving gifts. And Joseph and Mary knew their Bibles far better than you and I do. This passage just had to hit their awareness. I want you to think of everything we've talked about so far as we read this passage and just think of all the linkages from all of the passages we've highlighted so far. Listen carefully to the language of this prophecy. Isaiah chapter 60. Just follow along on the screen. You can write it down and look at it later. But Isaiah 60, starting at verse 1, and we'll read a few verses here. Just listen carefully and try to picture in your mind that Matthew 2 passage and all that we've talked about. Arise, Jerusalem. Let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. Just think of the language. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Your eyes will shine, your heart will thrill with joy, For merchants from around the world will come to you, and they will bring you the wealth of many lands. Vast caravans of camels will converge on you. The camels of Midian and Ephah and the people of Sheba will bring gold and frankincense and will come worshiping the Lord. That's a fascinating passage. Think of all the language. The star rising. The glory of the Lord rising to shine, darkness being dispelled, nations coming, mighty kings coming to see your radiance, 
You know, sometimes I was thinking about this. I just had this picture of like, what, what would it have been like to have seen Jesus in the manger? What, what would that have been like? It's almost like the, the passage gives us a, a glimpse. You know, you see the ones with the halos around him and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes my inclination is to look at that and kind of laugh and some artist going nuts. It's kind of what I think to myself. And yet, Isaiah 65 says, your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy. Why? Because of what they'll be gazing at. And vast caravans of camels converging on you from Midian and Ephah and Sheba. These are all lands to the east of Israel. Bringing gold and frankincense and come worshiping the Lord. This prophecy was made hundreds of years before the actual star rose. And the one who represented that star, the baby began to radiate his brilliance, his virtues, his wisdom. It all began with really the appearance of that star. It's a lot we can learn about Jesus by simply reflecting carefully on the star because there's an awful lot of characteristics of Jesus' nature and ministry that are just wrapped up in the star. I want to ask you, will you let the Christmas star and the prophecies of Scripture shape your view of who Jesus is? Will you do that this Christmas? Some of us have these ideas about Jesus that we want to impose on Scripture. Will you let the star, will you let the teachings of Scripture shape who you view him as? Will you humble yourself before him? Will you follow his guidance and receive his salvation? Will you choose to walk in his light as he is in the light, Scripture tells us? I want to close with this, uh, this thought as I was working on this. It just kept coming in my mind. How, how many of you are familiar with the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Next question. How many of you have ever been there? I'm just curious. Just, several of you have been there. I've, I've never been there. Several of us have been there. Uh, those of you who have been there, you know, most of us know that the Hollywood Walk of Fame covers more than a mile of sidewalks along Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California, and a few other miscellaneous streets there nearby, too. The names of famous and influential actors and musicians and film directors and more, all who are part of the entertainment industry, are sort of enshrined there. Their, their names are embedded in the sidewalks in terrazzo and brass Squares and circles, right? Right? No, that's not squares and circles. I mean, famous people, famous people like Cecil B. DeMille, Walt Disney, Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley, and a long list of a couple thousand more, all are represented there in the Hollywood Walk of Fame by these brass stars, right? They're literally the brass stars are embedded in the sidewalks and named after the person, right? It's interesting to me that centuries ago, the greatest and most virtuous person who ever would walk the face of the earth did not have a star in a sidewalk. He was given a star of his own in the sky, And it would radiate for all of mankind to see, not just those who walked a boulevard. And to all who look, 
to see the glory of God and his mercy revealed by way of the star and by way of the one that the star foretold. Um, We learn something about God's nature. Hope you'll reflect on that this Christmas. Hope you'll ponder that this week. Let's commit ourselves to walking in the light of Jesus this Christmas and always, all right? I'm going to ask you if you would stand with me. We're going to close in prayer this morning. I want to highlight this real fast. You know, a couple of weeks, believe it or not, Christmas will be passed, and it will be January 1st, 2017. It will be the beginning of a new year, and we're going to have services that morning. And um, right now we've got seven or eight people who have committed to saying we're going to be baptized that weekend. They've been thinking about it but just haven't done that. I just want to encourage you, if you've never committed your life to Jesus in the scriptural way that the Bible talks about baptism. I want to invite you to participate with us. Start the new year off right. Uh, we'd love for you to be a part of that. Uh, happen right after the service on that day and um, be a good beginning to a new year. So if that's something that you need to do, just let me know afterwards uh, and we'll, we'll plan to include you in that process. But lots of us just need to step out in faith and do that. Also, just want to encourage you, if you need prayer for anything today, something's going on in your life, whatever, we'd be happy to pray for you as we wrap up, okay? Let's bow our heads and let's ask God's blessing on our, our departure here. Father, we thank you that you are kind, that you love your Son and us so much that you've revealed his glory. You did it in the sky, and you certainly did it in the life of Jesus. As we reflect on the darkness that he has dispelled, we just ask, God, that you would fill us with the light of his forgiveness and goodness. You'd send your Holy Spirit to strengthen us, to help us to walk in your ways, reflect your goodness wherever we go, to whomever we talk. Pray, Father, that without uttering a word, your glory that can dwell within us by way of your Holy Spirit will proclaim your goodness and your love through us to everybody who comes around us. Even without speaking, may that be so. We ask that as we celebrate the Christmas season here and as we reflect on Jesus coming, that you'll help us to remember why he came, that he came to set us free, to live in relationship with us, to draw us back to you. Help us to reflect on these things and to live in light of them. Father, we thank you for your grace. Thank you for every single person here. May you go with us now as we leave this place. May you empower us. May you cleanse us. May you direct our lives. And we'll rejoice to be your children. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name that we close in prayer. Amen. 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 Bless you all.